0: Wish everybody out there a happy new year. First podcast release in January 2021. Glad 2020 is behind us. I got a lot of guests lined up. I just haven't, and I taped a few episodes already. I just haven't had a chance to edit them. So, uh, I'm going to definitely get around to it eventually, but... It's just been so busy. An episode like this, I just simply record and publish. It's quick. I don't have to edit or different sound or somebody's talking over somebody and this, that, and the other thing. So it's a lot easier. So what I want to talk about today is closing line value. I think that, um, you know, I hear so many different things, put up a couple of tweets out there and a lot of guys just really, you know, don't understand how important the closing line is. And it's what I live and die, you know, this is what I live and die by, it's everything. Um, You know, one guy on Twitter said the sharp guy is the guy with the winning ticket, not the guy who beats the closing line. Another guy might say the closing line value doesn't pay the rent. You know, what good is it? Compete beat the closing line, who gives a shit? If I don't have the money, what's that going to do? And this, these are great, you know, short-term uh, things that one can, the points that can make. Um, you know, everything I'm about to talk about right now uh, is for market efficiency, and I'm trying to water it down so that everybody can understand it. Um, now keep in mind, this is, you know, this isn't for the sucker, okay? So, you know, suckers are good for the ecosystem. If, uh, if you believe these things you just said, you know, the sharp guy is the guy with the winning ticket, not the guy who beats the closing line. All right, there's nothing I can do to stop you from believing that. I'm going to try my best, but listen, if you're going to believe that, then that's okay. And we need guys like you in the business, um... I'm not trying to sound condescending, demeaning, nothing like that. Listen, I'm a sucker. You know, when it comes to a restaurant, I'm the biggest sucker. I'll go buy a bottle of wine, have dinner with my wife. I'll spend $200 on a bottle of wine that I know I could buy it for $50 at the liquor store. But you need guys like me, you know, for the restaurant business to succeed. Um, same thing in the sports business. We need suckers. We need guys to, you know, believe that, hey, man, um, I got the winning ticket and... Uh, you know, that's all that matters. And I won, and, you know, hip, hip, hooray. So that's a good thing. Um, and that's good for everybody. That's good for bookmakers. That's good for pros. And you know what? Listen, it's okay. If you guys, if there's people out there, if you want to go sit, just like me, I like to go to a restaurant. I'll have a nice bottle of wine, nice meal. Spend a couple hundred dollars, but you know what? I, have, I had a good time. You want to go bet a game. You want to go and, you know, enjoy yourself, watch the game, cheer, sit in a sports book or sit at home, have a good time, put a couple of dolls on it, that's cool. That's great. There's nothing wrong with that. If that's what you want to do, knock yourself out. Uh, I can't, you know, I'm not going to judge you in that sense. However, if you want to take things to the next level, and everything I talk about is taking things to the next level, Okay. Because I only think from the mindset of a professional sports better that 's what I am okay, so i'm not I, I I really don't know how to talk of how to have a good time and you know why are you so serious? why are you you know spank well you know let me just let me just enjoy myself all right then listen, go ahead, you know so if you want to enjoy yourself and you don't want to get into the mumbo jumbo of closing line value and what that means and how I'll try to break it down then listen this episode, this podcast. Right now, this conversation between me and myself is not for you. It's something that you shouldn't be listening to. Um, Matter of fact, it's probably a good idea to just, you know, shut it down right now. If you don't want to get better and if you want to just have a good time. And there's nothing wrong with it. No judging, nothing. You know, so, you know, I'll take five seconds, shut me off, and then I'll begin the real talk. As Mr. Rogers would say, I'll watch the time. All right, so everybody that stayed with me is feeling good. They want to take things to the next level. So let's talk about line movement, and I think this is an important thing. Like the most common, one of the most common misconceptions in this business is uh, is a bookmaker moves the line based on money, and that's far from the truth. You know, maybe on a Super Bowl, maybe on a big, big money game where there's just so much money and the bookmakers trying to balance action on both sides. OK, that's that you know, that does not happen for ninety nine point nine percent of the games. It just doesn't. OK, it's impossible. It's not. It's it just it, bookmakers are not trying to do that. OK, because um, it's impractical. It doesn't just, you know, in theory, it looks good, but it just doesn't happen. So what do bookmakers do? Bookmakers are going to move their line based on sharp players, based on guys that they respect as winners, market influencers, etc., 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 okay? Many bookmakers I know around the world will write a $100,000 bet and won't even move the line from person A. Somebody like me or anybody else that you know, or anybody, like a person that, that's sharp or that's considered sharp, a $5,000 bet, they're going to move the line from person B. Okay? So everything is, is, is based on player profiling. Okay? Money does not move the line, sharp players move the line. And when a bookmaker moves the line and books enough sharp players, he essentially then knows. What the correct line is, pit sharps against each other. And for anybody that's shopping out there, tries to make sure that he is positioned to be on the side that the sharp players have bet. Essentially, the sharpest bookmakers win when their sharpest customers win. Real simple concept. You have to have enough volume and enough business for that to happen. Okay. The recreational bookmakers just want to beat everybody. And if somebody has half a pulse. And if they're half, you know, a zombie. Th- they'll kick them out. So. Uh, very different. I'm talking about. You know, and these recreational sports books are really. They're just, you know, they're copying most of the lines anyway. Which is okay too. But I'm just, I'm talking about what actually makes the market number the market number. And I'm trying to get you guys into the mindset of what happens for a sharp bookmaker. Now, a sharp bookmaker, you know, might start off with lower limits in the beginning of a week, for example, for a football game. And as he gets more confident and more confident on his line, that limit becomes higher and higher and higher. And once a sportsbook increases their limits, then they're very, very confident on their number they feel as if they've booked enough sharp action for that number to be reflective of the true probability. And not just the true probability, they make it so that, it's it's they, in, they make it so that, let's just say the sharps are on a favorite. They make it so that they'll have the best dog line in the world or one of the best dog line. And listen, of course, you have to be able to book to both sides. But if you're going to lay the favorite at this bookmaker that already booked sharp action on the favorite, you're going to lay a really bad price. And They're going to make you pay for that. And they're happy to do so. Okay. Because if a favorite lay seven, you know, they're at an eight and a half. World's painted eight. You want to lay the eight and a half, go ahead and knock yourself out. The world's painted eight, even though the sharps are on minus seven, but they're going to hang up that eight and a half to entice only dog action and to entice enough dog action to be able to ensure themselves that they also need the favorite for them to be profitable on a certain game. So that's how the lines work. Okay, none of this mumbo-jumbo bullshit, I want to have equal action on both sides. It don't happen. It don't happen. And again, for the majority of the games. So now that we got that myth bullshit out of the way, um, Let's talk about the regular customer, you that's listening right now. Given that these sharp players all over the world are influencing these lines and moving these lines. And given that the you know the line, let's just say was shaped and now you know it's moved around. Let's say the line is minus five, just for example. Okay. Bookmakers hung a five up. Now you come in there into the sports book or wake up on a Sunday morning and you're feeling good you read the football outside or inside or whatever that shit is you know you got a newspaper you listen to a couple of podcasts guys telling you what they like they're talking about this that and the other thing oh look at the weather and all this other shit right and then you go and you're like you know what man I'm feeling so confident I really like you know plus five I like the underdog I feel good this is, you know, this is. Now, lines are the close five. Let's just say, but you know what? You feel good about yourself. Let's just say you win. Now, if you win, you probably, feel, hey, look, I'm so sharp. I got the plus five. Let's say the dog went out right. It was such an easy cover. Look at me, okay? You're a jackass. You're an idiot. You're a fool. You have no clue what you're doing. In the long run, if you take plus five on a game that closes five, you're not going to win. You're going to lose. You're going to go broke. Why? What makes you think? Okay, think about this for a second. Kind of a proof by contradiction. What makes you think that the bookmakers who are booking all this big, sharp money, guys that are betting millions, tens of millions of dollars, aggregate probably hundreds of millions of dollars on some of these games. What makes you think that you found the secret formula or that you know exactly that that underdog was the right side? When the bookmaker who's booked all this big money from all over the world, all the sharps you could think of, what makes you think you know more than these guys? Think about it. You got... These syndicates, these big betting groups, and I'm not even talking about myself, okay? I run a betting office, okay? And I am very, uh, far less sophisticated than powerhouses out there. I have 10s, 15, 20 nerds crunching numbers, factoring everything in. They live, breathe, and eat this shit. They're creating algorithms, creating models, doing, doing all these things, you think you're going to be better than all those computer geeks, those computer nerds, those whiz kids, those smart guys out there by holding, uh, by watching uh, a V-CIN network or you think that listening to this guy or that guy or listening to this podcast. You really believe you're going to be able to overcome that? Impossible. If the line closes five, that means all those brainiacs believe that that line is efficient there is no value in taking that line okay because if there was value the line would move so if there's no value for these guys taking that line there's no value for you taking that line that's the line so for you to bet the closing line and feel good is garbage you're a lifetime loser. You're going to lose. Whether it happened already or whether it's going to happen, eventually it's going to come where you're going to go broke. Damn, Spank, that was harsh. Called me a loser, called me a bunch of other names. I'm just being real. I'm just explaining to you how it is. Because the common denominator in winning sports long term is not picking winners believe it or not you would think winning sports you pick winners no. Has nothing a denominator that's even below that the least common factor is going to be beating the closing line because the minute you believe that you're smarter than everybody else in the world if you really believe that then I got a bridge to sell you okay it doesn't happen you're nothing special now there's exceptions, and I'll get into the exceptions. But for the most part, let's be real. Let's be realistic. Okay, and for, honestly, guys that are special in one sport are rarely special in more than one sport. And the guys that are special in a lot of sports do not do it alone. They have a team, and they don't rely on podcasts and what this guy's saying. And oh yeah, this offense is going to be really uh, strong. And you know, it's just all gibberish to me, all mumbo-jumbo bullshit, and I heard it so much, and I, and I used to listen to it myself, see, I'm speaking out of experience, I wasn't born a sharp better, I wasn't born a winning professional sports better, I was born a sucker just like everybody else, and I paid my dues, I paid my tuition, and I'm explaining to you by trial and error, By and I've seen it happen, what works and what doesn't best book I've ever read was Jack Moore, a complete book of sports betting. Throws all the handicapping out the window. You just look for the outlier line. You're looking to try to beat the closing line. That's the best thing. That's, that's when you know you're going to win long term. So anybody out there that thinks they can just bet the closing line and they're going to win and they're sharp. Bullshit. Any tout that says, "Look at me, follow me," I'm 85, percent and they're not beating the closing line—that's a bunch of bullshit too. They might have a short-term record like that, but it, it, and and there's 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 touts that might not beat the closing line and still win, but ultimately, if they're that good, the market will catch up. It's going to eventually happen. Might take longer than usual. But ultimately, the market catches up with everything. It always does. It always does. You have to understand that this thing, we're not, no one trades inside of a bubble. You can't just beat the closing line and bet significant money. And the world won't know about it eventually. Shit will get out. There was a bookmaker I used to know. He used to book a kid that was betting, I think, NBA totals or whatever it was, the kid was only betting nickels and it lasted for six months and the kid was on fire and there was enough data points that uh, that it showed, maybe it was a year, I don't know, but it was enough data that showed this kid is off to something and he didn't beat the closing line and um, the bookmaker said it was like the best thing in the world, I booked him for a nickel and he shaped my line And uh, I made a lot of money off this kid. It was one of these whiz kids that just liked to bet a little bit of money. But again, the savvy bookmaker, and there's a lot of them out there, will eventually find that out. And when that kid bets his nickel, he's not even going to realize it probably, that his nickel probably moved the world. And if he was smart enough, he would, instead of just betting his nickels, just like the kids do today betting overnight college basketball games, $250, $500, 250 five hundred dollars you know that's fine with them and listen knock yourself out if, if you're if you're able to beat beat the market and beat the closing line by betting that small all the power to you but there's probably a better way for you to operate and I strongly suggest you investigate those ways because uh, you know you never want to, the bookmaker the battle between better and bookmaker is you want the bookmaker to get the information in the most expensive way possible the bookmaker wants to get the information as cheap as possible and that's the battle there's a fine uh, medium that you want to meet each other at um, we'll get into that I'm just going off on tangents so yeah so you could be one of those guys Now let's just say you better early in a week okay you factor all this shit in, you listen to the podcasts, you listen to all these guys babble, and then you're noticing, hey, listen, hey, I'm 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 betting, and I'm beating the closing line, and I'm winning, then that's great, that's solid. If you could do that, then you're on the right track. Then if all those guys are the talking heads, whatever they're talking about, they might have something to them, okay? That's a good thing. Go ahead. But again, keep in mind, those talking heads, once they get good enough, people understand what the source is, the word's going to get out. Because these syndicates, these big betting groups in Asia and Europe, the big guys, the guys that bet the big, big money, these guys have to wait. They don't have the luxury of betting early. They have to wait for the market to saturate and the market to expand for liquidity to exist. They can't, you know, bet overnight. It's just not worth it for them, okay? Sure, their edge will be astronomical. But if you get down 10 dimes on 5%, but you get down 300 dimes and you have a 3% edge, it's pretty obvious What the clear decision. So these guys have to wait. And they give up their edge to be able to get down as much as possible, and again, that's a balancing act. It you know, it's it's a it's a balancing act amongst all pros, amongst any group that's betting out there, to be able to sacrifice line value for amount. Okay, a lot of the uh, young up and comers out there, they don't give a shit about amount because the bare minimum that a sports book could give them is good enough for them, and that's great. If that's okay, and a lot of guys will hate A lot of guys hate it. Fuck, I hate it. But what am I going to say? It's a free market. Do what you got to do. A lot of people hate me for what I do. Uh, a lot of people hate me. I ruined the market. Oh, spanky, you're, you're doing this. You're stepping on people's toes. You're a bull in a china shop. I've had everything said to me. Everything in the world, the you know, guys would insult me. But it's a free market. So I can't hate on somebody betting overnights. I wish it didn't happen. I wish the kid that bet that 250 would reach out to me and I'll tell him, I'll give you three dimes, just keep it shut. And uh, I'll be able to get us down for a lot more. I wish that could happen, but it's hard to get in touch with these whiz kids. Um, And they're, you know, they're content, but soon enough, the appetite will increase, increase, and then they'll get into the same boat that all of us are in. You know, you got to get down more in that small Opening limit is just not enough. So beating the closing line indirectly is great. When you beat it, you know early on, even though you're getting down small amounts, is a beautiful thing. And whatever you know, and I you know, all that's great because that means that the smartest people in the world, all these nerds, all these guys, the whiz, all the guys that are betting millions of dollars on these games, Um, they agree with you. They see what you see. See, that's the thing. When you have market support, it's just obvious. Then you know, okay, I'm on to something. And it's got to be consistent. Okay, you can't just, you know, it's got to be in the 80% range, at least, I would say. Okay, if you beat the closing line 60-40, that ain't good enough. Okay, you win sixty forty. That's beautiful, but you got to beat the closing line a lot more often. A lot more often. Um, I would say eighty percent of the time. Then you know you're on to something. Then you know, man, this is great. The smartest people in the world are. Uh, I'm. Uh, I'm actually matching up with them. No matter what I'm doing, whatever. It what, doesn't matter what I'm looking at. Um, I'm matching up with them. Then you know you got something. You're on to something. And then soon enough, you'll build up your bankroll, and then you'll have to now make that decision of, do I go early or do I go late and to try to manage the amounts you want to get down? But that, that's the important thing, um, to be able to, to beat the closing line. Because now, let's just go on the converse. If you Let's just say you don't beat the closing line, okay? Guys, you know, oh, man, I, I, I laid five on a game and line closed four, but guess what? Favorite one by 35 points. Look at me. I'm the best in the world. That's bullshit. Again, you're a sucker. You're a sucker. You're looking at one game. You're looking at one data point. It means nothing. Absolutely nothing. That one little bit, that one time, you were lucky. You weren't good because eventually it'll catch up to you. Because that line, when it went from five to three or whatever it is, you laid five, the smartest people in the world, the guys that know so much more than you and I, so much more, the guys that actually bet big, big money, the ones that the bookmakers respect, they move that line from five to three, okay? So if you think that, oh, man, but look at them. They they weren't as good as me. You know what I mean? You're kidding yourself. You're believing your own bullshit, you think your shit don't stink. Stop it, face reality, face reality. You have to have market support for you to be able to win betting sports. Now let's talk about the rare exceptions because they're they're out there, and you somebody right now is like, finally spanky, you're speaking about me. You could be the rare exception. I highly doubt it. But the rare exception is the guys that don't beat the closing line and are able to win long-term. What does that mean? Now, most most likely, those guys probably match the closing line, I would say. Um, it's so hard to actually, you know, if you lay five on a game that closes five and you're winning long term, okay. If you're laying five on a game that closes four and you're winning long term, man, oh man, that's really it's so hard. I, I don't, I don't believe it. But let's just say you're not beating the close, or let's just say you're not beating the closing line by enough to overcome the bookmaker's vig, because you got to beat it enough to overcome the bookmaker's vig. What's happening there? So that's a phenomenon that's that's where you have information. You've probably seen information or deciphered some information that is not reflected in the market. Okay? The market is is very efficient. It's not perfect, though. So if you believe in market efficiency, if you believe in semi-strong market efficiency, um, you know, there's some holes. There's still some holes there. And you might have found one of those holes. And if you did, congratulations. That's big. Um, But it's going to take thousands of plays probably 2,000, 2,500 plays, I would say, um, to be able to know um, if you're really that good. It's not 10 plays, not 100 plays, not 1,000 plays, okay? It's, uh, it's going to take several thousand plays to know that even if you don't beat the closing line, that, um, that you're really a long-term winner. And it's never going to last. Because eventually, you always have to assume um, all those brainiacs, you know, guys that are working behind the computer screens, building models, doing all those calculations, you know, know, doing their thing. Some of the smartest, most brilliant minds in the world. These guys are going to figure it out eventually. They're going to figure it out. And now what? And please don't say, oh, yeah, travel. You know, any, Anytime somebody brings up something that's so common, oh, the travel schedule or the weather, you know, these things, again, And, and a, a shift in weather change is different. But, you know, oh, man, this is going to be a cold weather team and this is cold, but it was already known when the line was out that it was going to be cold, you know. So whenever, you know, you want to look for something that, that's different. But that's a different story. But I, I'm just... I just – don't build – don't try to build a reasoning um, behind your desire to be able to support one team or another. Because the best talkers in a business, the best touts in a business, the guys that could sell an Eskimo ice, are the ones that could – just you give them two teams and you say, sell me on a Bears. And they'll – They'll sell. They'll tell you everything great about the Bears and bad about their opponent. And then if you say, okay, switch it up. Now tell me about this team. They know how to do that shit so well. They know how to sell it so well. And it sounds so good. Um, these con men out there that just know how to just, you know, sell bullshit. Um, don't fall for that shit. If they're not beating a closing line, if you think they're one of those special few, um I, I highly doubt it. Because most people that are winning and not beating the closing line should be able to get down a significant amount of money. And usually they should not be ha- they should not have to sell picks. They should not be talents. They should not be pick sellers for the most part. There's one more exception, but uh it has to do with some manipulation, and I'd kind of rather not get into it. So that's the whole thing with closing line. I hope what I talked about today convinced whoever's listening out there to be able to understand that, you know, one of the wisest things is is to understand that you don't know it all. You're not the smartest guy. You haven't figured the big thing out. You haven't figured the secret out yet. Okay. Don't believe in your own hype. If you're just a weekend warrior, if you're a guy that just likes to bet and you know, and if you want to get the bet, you know, don't believe that okay, look at me, man. I'm 10 and 2 in my last 12 games. Stop it. Don't look at the results. Look at the closing line value. Look at your closing line results because that is the biggest indicator the biggest indicator of long-term success. The biggest. Trust me when I tell you this is now you know I my whole business is focused not about picking winners. Picking winners is not even a thing that we even look at. Because guess what? When I'm gonna beat the closing line, the winners just come naturally. It automatically happens. I'm gonna win more than I lose. This is not a theoretical, this is not a, hey, this is an idea, let's try it. This is the business I've been living for the last 20 years. I'm speaking out of experience. So please don't think I'm, I'm trying to sell you a bag of shit here. Um, I'm being honest. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you how I succeeded in this business. I know no teams. I know no players. I know no stats. I don't listen to any people talk about anything. That ain't me. All I care about is if the line is going to move and am i going to get the best of the line and will it close? If I lay a 9 on a college basketball game and it closes 11, I'm happy. That's all I care about. That's my goal. That's what I'm trying to do. Now, that doesn't involve handicapping games. That involves watching lines. A lot of people ask me, what's the Top down approach you talk about. I've discussed it several times, but I'll just reiterate it. A top down approach versus a bottom up approach. A bottom up approach is what everybody's doing out there. They're handicapping games and they're buying the football insider, outsider, uh, pro football prognostic, uh, whatever, uh, prognosis. I don't even know what all that shit is called. And uh, they're subscribing and they're listening to this guy and that guy. And then they're just trying to create their own numbers. They're watching film, listening to all these guys, these jokers on TV talking, boom, boom, boom. And that's cool. Listen, you love sports. Most people that get into this love sports. So they love, you know, people love that. They love hearing about a player, about, oh, he did such a great job. Yeah, I did see that game. I agree with you. He had such a great thing. You know, and that's cool, man. If you want to do that and you enjoy this thing from a hobby standpoint, like I said, that's great, but this, if you're if you're listening to me this far, this ain't a hobby. This is a livelihood. I'm talking about life, I'm talking about earning. I'm not talking about fun. I honestly used to love sports. I personally don't even like sports really that much. I don't hate it, but I don't really like it. You know, I, I, I'd rather, you know, watch old episodes of The Odd Couple and and The Jeffersons before I put on a football game. That's just me. I mean, I. I like comedy shows and old school and you know, just old shows. Um, but that's how I get entertained. I don't get entertained by sports. Um, and there are and listen, that's okay if you if you guys want to get entertained, that's cool. That's another thing. I said I don't watch games. I don't spend time watching games. I don't pick anything up on games. That's, you think that you was not if you're betting live, it's different. But if you think if you're betting pregame and you're going to be able to watch a game and then you're going to be able to figure out and process all that information that happened in that game and decipher all that and come up with a line that's better than all these nerds that are parsing play-by-play data that know exactly what this, that, and the other thing, what the probability of this team winning is if they go it four on fourth down and what this happened... What's this coach's decision? What's if he makes this decision? You think you could process all that shit in your head by watching a game? Come on, stop it. Again, you're fooling yourself. You ain't going to do it. No shot. You got the secret in any business, in any life, is know what you're good at and know what you're not. And I know this might sound like, man, what a punch in the gut. This guy's telling me I suck, but I know every player on every team. I know their stats. I can run them down. I don't give a shit what you know about the players and all that shit. Can you beat the closing line? If you can, good shit. If you can't, you suck. You ain't going to win. You're not going to win. Knowledge of sports does not equate to profitable betting. Matter of fact, Dare I say, there might be a negative correlation sometimes, to be honest. When we look to hire people, we like to bring in people that don't even know about sports too much, to be honest. I don't want any biased. I, I don't, I don't, I want people to come in clean-headed. Not have their personal bias of, oh, this, this player is better than this player. Nah, it doesn't work that way. We care about numbers. We care about line value, about Getting the best of the line. Everything is about a line. So, you know, I, I keep interrupting myself because I'm, I'm just there's so many thoughts going on in my head. It's hard to process it all. I hope okay, you guys are picking up on this shit because I put, you know, I, I just talk off off, you know, just talk off the, off the top of my head. I just ramble. So I hope I'm making sense. Maybe I'm not. If that's that's the case, all right, well, whatever. But if I am making sense, please. And look, this podcast is called Be Better Betters, okay? I learned so much from the forums coming up in this business. I learned so much, guys telling me, focus on a line. Even money to minus 110 is not the same as minus 110 and minus 120. <laughs> 10 cents can't be, all these tips, stretch factors, these tips that guys like Ribs and Tugboat and a lot of these guys taught me through my career, Dinky. These guys have taught me so much. And I'm just trying to pass on some of this knowledge that I learned from some of the greats in this business and some of the pitfalls that I fell into. Now, I know if I taught every single listener out there and every single sports better to be a better, better, It'll probably cost me my earn, might cost me my livelihood, but I know nobody's gonna listen to me, or the majority of you guys ain't gonna listen to me, because every most most guys are degenerates. But if I could hit somebody, and if I could help a couple of guys out, hey Spank, thanks so much for that tip top down. I've been doing it, you know what I mean. My buddy Brock Landers, he compliments me all the time. Man, you opened up my eyes to this shit. I used to be a sucker doing all this. Now he's doing a top down. He's making money. He's just doing it. And I love hearing that. I love being able to flip the script, flip it on, flip the traditional strategy of handicapping upside down and just focus on line value. That's it. And even the best handicappers in the world. The best guys, the guys that make their own numbers, the guys that are profitable, you know, as they quote them, originators, you know, guys that, that make their own numbers. They're no dummies. They know that the plays that they bet, if there's market agreement, that's a great thing. And if there's market opposition, if they're not being the closing line, they know, oh, shit, let's go back to the drawing board. If that's happening too often, that ain't a good thing. So just keep that in mind. Now, bookmakers might come up to you. You might be in a sports book, and I've seen bookmakers do this. I'm not going to name names, but a bookmaker tells a guy, hey, forget those sharps. You're the sharp. You're the one that got the winning ticket. You know, guy laid six, line closed three. Oh, look, who cares? You're the sharp guy. Of course, the bookmaker's going to tell you that because the bookmaker loves your business. You're his best customer. You lay six on a guy on a, on a game that closes three he wants you he's gonna give you everything he can to keep bringing you know having you keep coming back and back for more and more he'll call you sharp he'll do everything he can obviously I'd do the same if I had a guy getting worse than a number all the time my god I would not him I would never want him leaving my shop I would even ask him come you could choose your number you know my buddy Dickie Carson one out option sports. You would have a football game. You could lay eight or take eight and a half. I mean, if he has enough of a soccer business, you could give that option to people. This way, they don't have to go shop everywhere else. You'll always have the best line. But guess what? They'll lay eight or take eight and a half, and they'll still they'll take the eight and a half when there's tens out there. They'll lay eights when there's seven and a halves out there. Guys just don't understand. They don't. You know what I mean? They don't. They're not shopping. They're not savvy. That's the business. The majority of this business it's not educated enough. They're not shopping for lines. They're not looking for the best of it. They're looking at teams. They're looking at betting with their hearts. They're looking at trying to get just down on their favorite team, and they don't give a shit what the line is. And that's just completely crazy. That old saying, you bet. You know, you don't bet teams, you bet numbers. And a lot of people use that line. Bet team don't bet teams, bet numbers. It's not just bet numbers, you gotta bet the right number. You gotta beat the closing line. Period. Beat the closing line. If you do that consistently, you will become a profitable sports better. Thanks so much for the time. Until next time.